0: Mark, you were just telling us about um, how the many bachelor parties that you've been to in your life have mostly been spent going out looking for insects.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, I am very cool and normal, but my best friend is a big nerd. Um, So for his bachelor party, he insisted that we should go on an insect collecting expedition. So we, we rented a cabin out in the swamps of Louisiana um, and and did insect collecting all night um, and then of course he was my best man so for my bachelor party he was in charge and he made sure that we also rented a cabin out in the swamps of Louisiana and, and spent a whole two days uh, insect collecting there as well so I would have loved to see you know naked ladies and whatever but I guess
2: <laughs>
1: I <sighs> now now I'm married so i never get to see a naked lady again but
0: I think that you got a much better reward.
1: Well, in a way, aren't you know, half the bugs are like little little naked ladies.
0: There you go. That's a way to think. For all our horny listeners who are having trouble bridging the gap between their carnal desires and their and our enthusiasm for bugs, just like Mark said, think of each bug as a little naked lady.
1: Yeah, or a little naked man. It's, there's something out there
0: for Of course, that's right. But they're Uh,
1: all naked. That's the key thing.
0: (laughs) Exactly. The nudity. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, what a beautiful destination bachelor party that sounds like. I could understand why you booked that swamp in Louisiana the second time. Uh, But um, (laughs) it now is a good time as any to say hello and welcome to Love and Learn About Bugs. Uh, we have a very, very special guest today. Usually, we just have our nerds who are either fans of or tangentially connected to the LA improv comedy scene. But today, we have someone who actually likes nature. Ladies and gentlemen, and everything else, <laughs> welcome to Jess aka Shadow Band over Innsmouth.
2: Thank you for having me on. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to... Live, laugh, and love about bugs.
0: Wow, that's great. And you know, those are, of course, the three tenets of Love & Learn About Bugs is to live, laugh, and love about bugs. Mm -hmm. Now, um, (laughs) Jess, help the listeners get to know you. Can you tell us a significant time involving a bug in your life?
2: Yes, I can, actually. Um, when When I was a child, my family like to camp and canoe. I'm I'm in Canada, so that probably is not surprising that we would go canoeing Ooh. a lot. Uh, yeah, and um, uh, once when we were canoeing, uh, and I was probably around eight or ten, uh, a pair of dragonflies made it on my knee. Whoa. Wow,
0: the miracle of life! Yeah, right on your knee. Yeah right on my knee and i was very careful to
2: stay still and not disturb them yeah exactly
0: (laughs) wow well that is quite significant indeed and i can see why that would have changed you forever uh (laughs) do you so you're you're from canada we haven't had any guests with experience with the canadian bugs um right now I, i i don't know mark are there or would you know are there bugs that are unique To that region? Sure.
2: There, yeah, there are some, but a lot of them kind of correspond to, if I'm in, I'm in Southern Ontario, so they're, they're fairly similar to U.S. Northeast.
1: That's, that's a fair enough assumption. Yeah. Um, But surely, you know, a place as big as Canada with all of the sort of unique habitats that are there. I mean, there's, there's definitely going to be some things that are found in Canada and nowhere else. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Str- stressful habitats, whether it be from being cold or being hot or being whatever stressful, you know, condition, dry, uh, tends to lead to specialization because only you have to get adaptations that let you live there. So there's probably some very good cold adapted specialist bugs that that are up there. Um I shared a little picture into the oh, yes. chat. These Let's aren't this these aren't dragonflies, but they're the sort of sibling group uh, at about the same level uh, dragonflies and damselflies are both part of the same order. And the male damselfly has little claspers, like a little like the little um grabber that old old folks have, you know, the the just a little
0: two little grabbing fingers comparison yes now i get it
1: um, <laughs> on the end of their very long slender abdomen um, and they use that you can see the 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 blue one in this image is holding the back of the female's neck to basically keep her captive while oh, they're boy. mating um, and Ouch. then sh- her uh, reproductive organs are bent all the way around underneath and are touching the bottom of the male damselflies tummy area and they are mating and he keeps hold of her Um not that like she's going to necessarily try to get away but that other males will swoop in and uh try to take her and, and you know be her new boyfriends um uh i see right but it's also very romantic because they make a little heart shape when they're banging well it, yeah. that is romantic yeah now that, we should have talked to, answered this on the Valentine's <laughs> question.
0: You're right. This would be good for the Valentine's Day next year. We have a ton of questions from our devoted listeners who all want to know so much about bugs. Uh, let us start with. Okay, here we go. This is from Taylor at Taylor Stary. I had mealworms to feed tarantulas and now I have a bunch of mealworm beetles. How can I house them and encourage them to make mealworm babies? Can the beetles fly? I'm scared to open the cup, but they need food soon. (laughs) Now, Mark, I already saw that you, you did some hands-on replying here, but let's help our audience out for when they experience mealworm beetles.
1: Sure. Yeah. I didn't know when we would get to this question and it seemed like there was a time sensitive aspect that her beetles were starving. Um, so I wanted all to get, right.
0: whatever your excuses for impatience
1: I wanted to get Taylor an answer uh, <laughs> promptly um, yes they can fly um, but they probably are not gonna be very inclined to fly um, a lot of beetles almost almost all the majority of beetles can fly um, even though they look like they have real hard smooth armored bodies uh, and that's the origin of their the name of their order which is let me double check with this uh coleoptera um they had their so all all insects in principle should have two sets of wings a front set and a back set in beetles the front set is really hardened into kind of like an armored shell but it can it can still hinge and open and then their flying wings are only the back wings and they tuck underneath, Um, but they can lift the front ones and then the back ones will unfold, but their body shape and and the weight of them, um, most beetles aren't great at flying, and so they they tend not to do it, Um, except for mating. That that really is the driver for almost all insect behavior. Um, But yes, so they can fly, they probably won't, it's fine to open the container. (laughs) But yeah, if you want to keep your mealworms, um, you just got to figure out what they like to eat. Um, I found a website that that had like a whole lot of good instructions. I'm trying to remember what it said, but um, I mean, mealworms, they probably eat meal. They probably eat grain and... Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. (laughs) I guess that's why they'd be called that.
1: Yeah. Um, But yeah, so mealworms are not worms. They are the larvae of a beetle, a darkling beetle.
0: Um, A darkling beetle? Yeah, I'm okay. Sure. Uh, um, yeah. Um. As far as encouraging them to make mealworm babies, uh, I recommend Marvin Gaye. Most of his uh, early '70s stuff that should encourage. You know all the beautiful <laughs> processes that must happen for creatures to reproduce. We've been talking about that a lot this episode, and I'm already uncomfortable with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, let's.
1: <laughs> oh, before we move on,
0: uh, uh, Coleoptera.
1: So, um you'll hear this a lot. So the orders, the insect orders, um, a lot of their names end in uh, terra, P-T-E-R-A, which means wing. Um, So in beetles, coleoptera, coleos is Greek for sheath, or uh, something that covers or conceals. And so their front wings cover and conceal their back wings. Oh, okay. So coleoptera literally means, you know, is, is... based in Greek, meaning sheath wing.
0: So they're, they're term- named for that big, big, those big armor wings.
1: Right. Um, and just to, just to, like diptera is the order of flies, di meaning two, and flies only have two wings instead of four. So diptera, di, ptera, two wings. Uh, isoptera is the termites, and that's because their front wings and back wings really don't differ at all in shape. They basically, It looks like they just have if you did use the clone tool in Photoshop to take the same wing and make four of it, like their, their wings are all pretty similar. So yeah, so isoptera means, iso I think means same.
0: Well, I always love when we can get a little entomology mixed in with our etymology. Yes, or is it the exactly. other way around? Who cares? It
1: doesn't matter, um, but yes. So anyway, just couldn't think of it, but I, I managed to find it on uh, the old internet. One of the greatest entomology resources out there.
0: Yes. Thank you to the internet it really is, um, just have you, have you dealt with mealworm mealworms before, and maybe in the capacity of feeding animal friends or so?
2: No, I actually haven't. Um, I really wanted to have a pet chameleon at one time. Whoa. Um, but they're quite difficult to keep. Um, Uh, or just, they'd have some specific requirements and I was also a bit thrown off by the idea of now having to keep a bunch of pets to feed my pet.
0: Right. Yes. That's always been a big roadblock for me with some, yeah, Yeah. of course, then again, I am feeding my cat ground up animals. Gotta figure that out. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, uh... (laughs) Oh, and um, Taylor also added a little addendum. Uh, if you notice that you begin to produce more mealworms and you can feed your pets, cook and eat some yourself.
2: Mm. Yeah. They're right. P- delicious
0: yeah. Alright. Or you can dump them outside and they'll become darkling beetles. They have that those armored wings.
2: Uh, I, birds I, love them. You can oh, you to birds outside. Yeah. Yep. Give generally, life
0: to, yeah.
1: Generally, yeah. Uh, generally, we shouldn't recommend letting um, uh, captive r- captive-raised insects that because uh, like the mealworm grubs that you buy in a store.
2: That's yeah. You that's don't know where they came good. from,
1: and if you release them, you know, for instance, in right. southern Ontario, it, it may not be native there. Uh, so yeah, you know.
0: That was um, a that was feet, us being goofy. Yes, we're, that, we're silly sometimes on the show. That was a,
1: a trick, and if you fell for it, shame on you. <laughs> and you weren't supposed
0: to take us seriously. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, it's probably fine to like put the larvae out to into the you know the bird food tray because like a, a blue bird will come and eat it or something. But but to let a bunch of adult beetles go into
0: the wild. Yeah.
2: Is yeah.
0: Discouraged. All right. Well, uh, shame on you listeners who actually entertained that. Yep. Uh, from Jack at Pooh Jackal. Me, my brother and his friend used to make bugs battle to the death when we were about seven or eight years old. Are we going to hell? Yeah. Uh, Yes. Yeah, probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it takes we knew we knew before that information was even revealed just from his previous questions.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I didn't even see what his question was. And the whole time that I was reading it, I'm like, this guy's going (laughs) to hell. (laughs) This is the sign of a damned man. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I think um I think since you were you were forcing it, Jack, um now, if you were to maybe just just create a habitat where bugs naturally would come and fight to the death due to territory issues, maybe you'd be less damned. but as for now, yeah, sorry, yeah
1: yes, they they say that's the most dangerous game is uh, make making <laughs> insects fight fight each other
0: to the death. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's one of the first things in the Bible. I think it's like page two. But
2: um Yeah.
0: Are there are there insects that are particularly like territorial like that, Mark? Either either of the same species or of different species where they will just straight up go into death matches. Yes. Is it, yeah, is yeah. there any that's like where that's a significant trait?
1: Yeah. No, I would say so. Um Ant lions uh, jump to mind. Like ant lions, oh, yeah. they kind I of specialize on ants, but yeah, um, but they have they their whole mode of hunting is to ambush things that walk into their territory. So, like their ants are the main thing, but they'll if if something else walks into their territory, they 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 have their little quicksand pit with their teeth their teeth exposed at the bottom, and they'll they are so cool.
2: It's
1: like a, like a like a sarlacc pit. 100%, yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. There's also trapdoor spiders, and that's oh, kind of great. another thing where you know, like they don't necessarily know what it is because they're shut into their little ambush chamber with the door over the top, and they have the trip wires that go out the side, and they just feel a little bit of vibration on the trip wire, and they lunge out, um, and so they don't know necessarily if it's what species or or, or anything. Um, they just kind of attack first.
0: Well, minute, I think they're also like a larva. Yeah, it is. Oh, it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh! I should just post a picture. So the antlion larvae look like kind of like a like a bean, like a kind of a hairy, dirty bean with teeth on the front, like big fangs <laughs> on the front. Like they, they I don't th- look like much.
0: I thought it looked too much like the like the adult form.
1: The adult form. I'm going to show you the. I'm going to post a picture. The adult is beautiful. Um Adult antlion. They're they don't look anything like what you're gonna expect.
0: Oh really? Wait. Also, are they called doodle bugs? Yes. Is that a name for an antlion? Oh whoops, that's the same picture. That is that's an ant lion? Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Um oh. yeah, they, they look they look a lot like the damselfly
1: that that we looked at earlier. They're, they have they're really skinny long body and really delicate uh wings and they kind of flutter around. Very wimpy flyers. I uh, see. Okay. Here's another cool picture of one.
0: Well, good to have a, a genuine love and learn about bugs moment. I, did, I thought that the antlion was just the Sarlacc creature.
2: Yeah, they're very pretty.
1: Yeah, the adults don't look like... I mean, dragonflies and damselflies are the same. Their, their juvenile stage is very ferocious and c- kind of grotesque looking. Um,
2: yes. In, in, yeah. in their
1: case, it's aquatic, but, uh, but then the adult is very delicate and beautiful.
0: Wow! So it's just the larvae that are that classic ant lion.
1: Uh huh. Huh. Yeah, and they do the you know they're that's the fierce stage that it, that attacks ants. Um, a, a, a related group is uh, owl flies, and they are are also they look very similar, but they don't do the ambushing behavior. They kind of wander around.
0: But then looking the adult, for people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I see.
1: But it's the, the, the ambush are, more
0: just an assault. <laughs>
1: yeah, just like a real like a lion that wanders around and attacks stuff. Um, I see
2: do the adult ant lions feed?
1: I am not sure that they do. Um, they might, but they're I mean, you can tell just even just from these sort of zoomed out pictures, you can tell they don't have fierce jaws, anything close to the like, legs. yeah the juveniles do so if they do
0: feed yeah i was just wondering i know a lot of
2: um a lot of moths as adults don't Mm -hmm. apparently they
0: don't yeah Yeah. apparently they don't this is this is a concept Uh that's um pretty new and interesting to me i learned about a couple episodes a couple episodes ago but yeah it's fascinating to me that after the larval feeding stage some adults just do not eat they just live and die
2: Yep, they're, they mate they're one and mission. That's it. <laughs> yep.
0: that's right. They got all of their sustenance when they were babies. That's right. I'm good.
1: Um, these <laughs> these uh, ant lions and owl flies, and then lacewings, which is which is a pretty familiar bug. A lot of people might have seen. Uh, much smaller than these. Uh, those are all in the order Neuroptera. N e u r o. Owl flies are
0: beautiful. Whoa.
1: Yeah, they're really great. Um, and so Neuroptera refers to the the veins, the sort of structural mem- uh, things that hold the wing membrane together. Um, mm-hmm. And the veins of Neuroptera are, are like very uh, densely networked. And so a nerve wing, Neuroptera, uh, it looks like a nerve network.
0: I see.
1: Oh, and they all have really beautiful eyes. I've been lucky to take some photos of them up close, like with a flash. Um, well, so my favorite insect in the whole world is in the Neuroptera. And that one I can definitely find a photo of. Okay, so I can browse. I don't want to see these other people's pictures. I want to see mine.
0: Oh, you're actually finding yours. I'm online. finding a picture that I, I took. Cause okay.
1: it, I, well, I just happened to know that I got a really great... Uh, view of the of the, the pattern of the eyes um but most of the neuroptera if you if you shine a light on and look closely they've got really sparkly their eyes look like jewels okay here we go check out this so this is a this is a great photo that i took um probably okay, my best, okay. Best, best photo ever <laughs> Holy shit. whoa um and that is the wasp mantis fly so this is also in the neuroptera wow. but it has uh front legs that are like a praying mantis, the raptorial, you know, they snatch up their prey with their front legs and it's also in those eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look like that all the time. I I had my flash on and that sort of exposed that that pattern was there. Wow. I could do a whole episode just about this particular species. So I, I don't want to get too far into it right now, but it's a cool one.
0: Well, sounds like we definitely got plenty, plenty to go back to with that. Yeah. Um, wow. (laughs) yeah those eyes are really cool all right um from casey at casey j weldon i thought of two big questions for answering one or both okay what is it all right there's only one in this one thankfully what bug travels the furthest distance either migratory or maybe like those arctic penguins that go out for food and come back afterwards Butterflies jump to mind, but I know that is just based well. We on did, what I know. Yeah,
1: we talked about the monarchs, and as a population, they migrate from Mexico yeah. all the way up into Canada, but because it takes multiple generations, no individual monarch goes quite that far. Um, I would guess probably a bug that like, stowed away on an airplane.
0: Ah, technicality. Take that, yep. Casey.
1: Or like a banana spider that got on, uh, got got into a crate of bananas right. in you know yeah. Brazil and then ends up in Norway or something. That's pretty far. Oh wait, they've taken bugs into outer space, I think, to do experiments. Oh yeah, the the water bear,
0: the um. Oh, in space.
1: Yeah. Heck yeah.
0: Yeah, our friend the tardigrade.
1: They're still up there, living happily in the vacuum of space.
0: There's. <laughs> oh wait, yeah, they're just floating out there, huh? Yeah,
1: there's probably some them. of them. Have... Made it to the sun and they're just living on the
0: Good surface them. of the park. That's the dream. <laughs> we're all we're all just migrating towards the sun. Yeah. Um, all right. I have an article here. The Desert Locust. Schistocerca gregaria migrated oh, yeah. westward across the Atlantic Ocean. 4500 kilometers during the fall of 98.
1: Uh, right. Yeah, I think I've, uh, is, it, would, it came from Africa to South America.
0: Islands, part of the east coast of South America, indicate they flew within a tropical wave pattern for a distance of 4,500 kilometers.
1: The plague locusts, uh, so the, the classic plague of locusts that you hear about, um, those are big grasshoppers, and they're very powerful flyers, and there's actually a big problem with them in big, across a wide part of Africa in the past year or two and they just have these occasional booms of of population to where they're, you know, you get these clouds of them that, you know, that people say like, Oh, it blacked out the sun for like an hour as this group of grasshoppers flew over. And then they landed in my town's, you know, farms. And then the next day they flew away and there was nothing like they literally ate every piece of plant down to the ground. Um, So they, when they, when they reached these huge booms, um explosive populations uh it's a it's a big problem for agriculture
0: the locusts traveled from the arabian peninsula to uh, western africa to okay. mauritania i don't know if i'm pronouncing yeah, yeah. that right but yep. yeah they followed yeah they just followed the wind pattern the tropical wind i'm going to post Pretty a
1: cool. pic- post a picture from uh the 2020 locust plague
2: uh oh
0: boy
1: pretty alarming and these are grasshoppers that are a
0: couple inches long nice very fun
2: yeah wow
1: yeah no it's a huge health problem because people are starving
0: (laughs) oh yeah
2: we can (laughs) eat them though right (laughs) we can have our vengeance on them (laughs) them.
0: sure yes you could (laughs) Uh,
1: that's not a bad idea at all um unless they've been eating pesticide treated plants or whatever but yeah generally you can eat them
0: Great. Right. And this this person in this picture is running with such a defensive posture. But if that were if that were me in that picture, I'd be I'd be well, like bobbing up and down.
1: We can't be sure it's this person's running away from. He might have been raised by locusts, and he's part of the swarm.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That's good, Mark. Yeah. So he's he's actually running right. with,
1: with the swarm. He's like, I'm gonna eat this. eat eat some (laughs) crops all right guys let's go
0: it gets really hard when they when they get high up there oh yeah now he's just
1: running along he has to buy an
0: airplane ticket uh oh i see now that jack's question was a reply to casey's second question i found casey's second question not condoning bug on bug violence but if all bugs were scientifically grown to the same height say six feet and kept their same proportions otherwise. Which bugs do you think might come out on top of a Bloodsport tournament? Thank you.
1: Okay, well.
0: Uh, I guess I'll let you guys go first because I'm going to give a science answer. I think, well, I think centipede. I've watched videos of centipedes. Oh, that's a good freaking,
2: one.
0: Centipedes like this is this is morbid now that I'm thinking about it but I've seen videos of people like dropping like frogs and snakes and and lobsters into a centipede like enclosure and the centipede just destroys them
2: I'm gonna go with I feel like mantis is maybe too obvious I'm gonna say ambush bug Ooh!
0: Ooh!
2: Yeah, because (laughs)
0: that. Well, if we're
1: if we're standardizing them to six feet, that like a a praying mantis, you're only multiplying it by you know. So let's say it's four inches long, you know. I'm just guessing, but a a good size mantis might be four inches long. So three of the three times larger to make a foot. So eighteen times larger. To make six feet so it's only 18 times bigger than a regular mantis an ambush bug is you know like the size of your thumbnail cute and so if you blew that up to six feet it would be like four feet across and weigh you know it's a it's a pretty chunky little bug so if you blew that up to six feet yeah. it would be massive it would have so much weight and i think that yeah like a it would be thousands of times bigger than it normally is compared to eighteen times bigger for a praying mantis.
0: Um, well, ambush yeah. bug would definitely be one of the more alarming six-foot bugs wandering around.
1: Yeah. Uh, wait, that that's looks a, like there's a, a cool. chameleon. It does. They're very camouflaged. and I mean, that's part of the ambush lifestyle. Is- yeah. Oh, I see. They hide out on flowers, and so they're they'll be on a yellow flower because they have a little yellow yellow bodies usually yellow or orange
2: sometimes you will see if you have a flowering bush or tree you might you might see a dead butterfly on it and usually or very often if you look carefully there's some of those guys hiding out and they have they have turned the butterfly's innards into goo and sucked it out
0: (laughs) yeah such as the way Why well, ambush bugs that's a that's a new bug i'm going to be looking into they are super cool
2: they're, they're very fast with it they've got those like raptorial forelimbs and they're very they're quick
0: yeah their appearance is so wild
1: I'm just gonna try and find a photo that shows how how great their camouflage is um when they're really camouflaged it turns out they don't get photographed often because <laughs> photographers don't know they're there
0: are you also finding photos of that superhero? There's the h- superhero ambush bug. Yeah, when I typed in ambush bug the first time, all the results oh, yeah, were about the yeah. superhero.
1: Um. So my my b- bummer of a boring science Everyone answer. Everyone hates uh, it. Everyone's been uh, mad. <laughs> completely negates the question because we've and I think we have talked about this. So Jack should know better. Um. There's a reason that insects are the maximum size they currently are, and it's because they don't have a closed circulatory system that can pass oxygen through their body very efficiently. So they are slave to their uh the math the math involved in their surface area through which they can take in oxygen from the air and their volume. So if you increase a ambush bug from a centimeter long to six feet long, the volume—that's its surface area—is going to go up as a like a squared function, and their volume of tissue that needs oxygen is going to go up as a cubed function. So their capacity to take in oxygen will go up, but the number of cells demanding oxygen will go up unsustainably even more. dog too big, um, can't breathe. Exactly. So. Any six foot bug would pretty quickly die on its own.
0: So, Mark, let's say that we are in a oxygen rich atmosphere. And also there's fans pumping every five square feet.
1: <laughs> little gas masks.
0: Yeah. And the bugs are six feet. <laughs> they,
1: they're, they're all, they have little mini, mini respirators on. Yes,
0: yes. So, so then this, this, uh, Professor Casey's horrible experiment of growing bugs. Which which one would you choose in a blood sport?
1: Uh, cockroach has got to be one cockroach? of the mm-hmm. cockroach candidates. Yeah, they're really nuts. I, I this was a very shocking revelation to me, and I haven't seen a ton written about it. Um, I so I'm talking about the big palmetto bugs or for anyone who lives in the American South mm. or has traveled into, you know, oh, tropical yeah. parts of the country the, the, the big, the big flying cockroaches that are like two inches long. Uh, typically they, I studied them in new Orleans, um, and they're always around. Um, I found these, uh, this really great, really big spider. And I was trying to keep the spider for a while as a pet, to sort of observe it and um, I had it in a enclosure and I was like, well, a spider this big is probably gonna wanna eat a pretty big prey item. So I caught a one of these big cockroaches and threw it in there and they just avoided each other. The spider didn't want anything to do with the cockroach. And so after a while I said, well, that spider's gonna starve. If it's not eating the cockroach, I gotta put something else in there. So I found like a little cricket or, I think I found some crickets and I threw them in there. And within seconds, the cockroach had jumped on the crickets and shredded them and was just scarfing down the crickets. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Very, very fierce. The, spite, the spider was basically like huddled in the corner, like, get this guy out of here. I am... He's freaking get, me like, out. Let me or this... This, this whole... Energy ...out is of here. Wrong. I, yeah. No, <laughs> it, it was just huddled in the corner, like, I just want to be as far away from that cockroach as I can be. That, that, that guy's insane. Um, but I mean, it was, it was really shocking. Cause I thought like, okay, well it doesn't feel like eating. The spider doesn't feel like eating a cockroach. Maybe it'll feel like eating a cricket. And I didn't realize it was like the spider was terrified of the cockroach. I threw the cricket in there and I think I like yelled out loud. I was so, so startled, <laughs> but I, I threw the cricket in there and the cockroach leaped onto it and attacked it and tore it, apart. it. <laughs> Oh my God. yeah. So, and their legs are covered in spikes. Um, mm-hmm which if it was six feet tall, those those spikes would be comparably quite big.
0: Oh yeah. That's and they'll right. poke you like
1: I've, I've handled them and the, it, they'll poke you with their leg spikes. Like not intentionally, but if you're grabbing
0: it, they will, I, it's like, I, it, I, I, rem- I know what branch. you're talking about. I, I had a few in my hand at points trying to get them out of my damn house. And yeah, mm-hmm. they do have those little hooks. What's another bug that I'm thinking of that it's good, it has those spikes on its legs.
1: Uh, oh, a fair number of them do. It's, to... it's a pretty... Um, well, some katydids and grasshoppers have pretty... Maybe that's eyes.
0: what I'm thinking of, yeah. I definitely handled a lot of grasshoppers as a kid.
1: Yeah, that's another one that people think, oh, like, they eat plants. They're they're a gentle... It's like, you know, like the cow of the insect world. Like, no, not really. They'll eat anything they can...
0: <laughs> if you get their they with. are pretty vicious, <laughs> now that I'm remembering it. And they're also, like... They're also super strong. Like, they're... Yeah. They're no joke. Like, the those legs are very forceful.
1: Well, and their jaws are adapted to break down, you know, to chew through plants, a lot of which have, uh, plant defenses against being chewed on, which is that they have like silica, uh, accumulated in their stems that wear down your, if you're a plant feeding bug, it'll wear down your mandibles. Um, grasshoppers have incredibly hard, durable mandibles for like slicing down like a corn stalk or whatever, and they will slice your finger. Um, and yeah, they're, they're omnivorous. A lot, a lot of things are omnivorous sort of in an opportunistic way, where it's like, well, I'm not really adapted to hunt things, but if uh,
0: I just if I gotta.
1: Happen, if I happen across like a helpless prey item, like, of course, I'd rather eat, you know, a delicious bug than just more plants. It's like they, they're adapted to eat mostly plants because that's easy because plants don't run away, but, um, but they'll eat a they'll eat another bug if they get the opportunity Um, and katydids are are definitely omnivorous
0: that's that's definitely what i was thinking of um because i i also find (laughs) these legs scattered around or used to um all right this this is your brother-in-law right eric patterson he sure is at genome eric Apparently scientists that study cockroaches become allergic to pre-ground coffee. What's the deal with debt? Is this, this sounds like a little bit of a, you know, some urban legend stuff. Confirmation Um, bias or whatever.
1: I, I don't have any specific knowledge about that. I will say that there are, so I have worked on cockroaches a lot. And I became sensitized to where I can smell when there's a cockroach. And yeah. other people are like, I don't smell anything. I'm like, no, there's a there's a there's there's one of these cockroaches here. It has a particular smell. It's not the worst smell in the world, except sort of by association, like, oh, that smell I know comes from these cockroaches. But other people can't smell it at all. And I couldn't smell it when I started the cockroach project. But by the end of it, I was like, that's the smell of a cockroach. This place uh, maybe has a cockroach problem. Wow. Um, so that's one thing. So cockroaches do have, you know, they're, they're chemically pretty unpleasant. Um, and I guess they're in, they're in stuff. Like, I don't know they're why coffee would food, be specifically.
0: Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. It's because it's because people are positing that the ground up cockroaches that are in our coffee.
1: But there's going to be ground up co- cockroaches and so many other things. Like everything. If you, if you yeah. were that sensitive. Yeah. If you were that sensitive to it, I, I feel oh. like coffee wouldn't specifically be the thing.
0: Well, yeah, this article, like an... this, these articles are talking about people being being allergic to cockroaches. Yeah, and that, that totally makes sense. And they're finding that out because they were associating it with coffee. Oh,
1: uh, okay. Well, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty common thing for people. Who, I mean, not just with insects. Like, there's all kinds of occupational uh exposure diseases like oh I, uh there's one that made me laugh what is it pigeon fancier's lung yes <laughs> where people who raise pigeons as a hobby um <laughs> b- become like any kind of aerosolized proteins can you can become allergic you can become sensitized to them and develop an, an allergy uh you know or an irritant response to them and so um, lots of entomologists have this because there's a device called an aspirator, or uh, it also used to be called a pooter, p-o-o-t-e-r, oh, that's which is very funny. A good name, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it's almost like a siphoning thing. So there's a vial, and there's a tube that comes out of the top of the vial to suck the insect in, and then there's another tube with a little mesh over it, and that comes out of the vial and goes to your mouth. And so you suck in through the tube. That goes to your mouth it creates suction in the vial it creates suction in the opposite tube you point that at a bug that's on the wall or you know wherever and it sucks it into the vial so it's you're basically just sucking through a straw but the straw has a trapping chamber in the middle of it but what happens there is if you do that a lot like if you're it's happened to some former colleagues of mine who worked on termites and it's like okay well we got to put uh 50 termites in this experiment and we're replicating the experiment 20 times so 50 in each of these 20 I'll get the and straw. So I'll <laughs> get the straw and you suck in 20 termites times or 50 termites times 20 and you do that over the course of years and years of your career as a scientist working on that particular species you are sucking in little bits of their yeah
0: like skeleton
1: fluff and their poop and their saliva all the different anything that's on them you're going to be gradually exposing yourself to them in very small doses over and over and over again and yeah you'll get uh sensitized and and then it can beca- get make you sick at that point people have to stop you know they have to invest in something like a canister like a vacuum canister like oh why, well, i should have done this all along instead of just sucking
0: oh but they only know, become sensitive to sucking the pooter
1: yeah yeah and and <laughs> it's usually specific to um no, only their study organism. Okay, so like, well that's not if, if you became sensitized to termites by, because that's what you work on, and then you went and used it on another insect, it might not bother you.
0: But. I say so it's not affecting their day-to-day life. Yep.
1: Somebody also invented a device called a blow pooter. Oh, uh, good. Where in, yes, and it uses, like, uh, it's either the Venturi or Bernoulli, some sort, some sort of thing where you blow across the top of the vial, and it creates a suction that way. So you're not inhaling, you're exhaling, but it still creates mm-hmm. suction. Um, unfortunately, the suction power is not as strong. It's And also when you blow onto the area you're trying to collect bugs, it might disturb them. So I don't know. The, yeah. the, the blow pooter, I've never used one, but I, I do think that it's an important uh, term that everyone should know.
0: Yes. Blow pooter. Please familiar yourselves with <laughs> pooters and blow pooters. <laughs> um, so as far as a As far as a definitive answer to this coffee question, I think it's just that (laughs) it looks to be uh, that industrially ground coffee is just going to sometimes contain bugs, and that usually means cockroaches. If you are trying to avoid that, buy beans. Just buy the beans and grind them yourself. And you can throw a cockroach in there if you want, as long as it's dead already.
1: Yeah, I think if you cook it hot enough, you might... uh denature the proteins that you're allergic to so you might be fine oh okay
0: yeah that's good to know all right um we're going to continue with pastel princess's question from last week um she gave us like a four-part question okay here we go from pastel princess at ichihimio uh best pet names for bugs this is a nice question
2: that's a very sweet question.
0: Uh, doodlebug is already a really good one. We already, ha- yeah, <laughs> we already had a great example. And doodlebugs are named that, by the way, because of the spiral patterns they make in the sand. They're making little doodles.
1: Oh, interesting. So, because my first thought was, if you have a bug as a pet, what would you name it?
0: Oh, uh, okay. what's a, what's a right. like an
1: affectionate nickname for a category? Okay, of well, I like this. I too. guess
0: either, both are
1: both are good questions.
0: Yeah, we'll cover it all. Um, yeah,
1: so on that route, yeah, doodlebug is great, um, and uh, isopods have a ton of really cute,
2: yeah,
1: uh, roly poly. Names. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, roly poly, um, sowbug, pillbug, potato bug, um,
2: and those are just the area I grew
1: up. I, they have. Com- Completely different ones in uh, in Europe that I'd never heard of before.
2: There's uh, a I forget which ladybug. There's a very small lady beetle uh, called the wee tiny lady beetle.
0: Well, I have to find this.
1: Yeah, that might be a pet name I should start calling my
2: oh
0: Wee tiny ladybug. That that is an actual just good pet name for non bug. I think. But yeah, here it is. It's so
2: cute. Yeah
0: i uh, pull it up. Oh, wow, it's a fingernail. There we go.
1: Um, I have asked my wife to yeah. adopt a pet name for me and call me her Stinkbug, but um, she is too uh, grown up to... Oh,
2: well, I think that's cute.
0: That. I'm sorry, Mark.
2: We can right? C- well,
0: yeah. here's the, yeah.
2: call you stink bug if you Stinkbug
0: if you want. Yeah! Bugmaster Stinkbug. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I've got to accept it. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine.
1: It hurts a little that she's not the one we'll to do it, up. but...
0: Listener, <laughs> please refer to Mark as Stink Bug from now on. But yeah, there's that wee tiny ladybug, and indeed, indeed, it is wee and tiny, very cute. It is. Also, why I don't know why, but the first search suggestion after wee tiny ladybug is, "What does ladybug pee look like?" <laughs> Safe search on. Apparently, it's a common concern. <laughs>
1: Yeah, someone turned off the parental controls on your computer uh,
0: your yeah, let, me, let me put safe search back on <laughs> for my own safety.
1: Um, our friend Anastasia was asking me earlier today, because she's a dirty, dirty bird and and is obsessed with kissing. Uh, she asked me what kind of bug I would kiss. Um, and I was able to answer very quickly, a kissing bug, because uh, that's a very cute pet name. Oh, it
2: is. Yeah. Kissing bug. But, but you don't want to kiss
1: them. No, they're very gnarly. Uh, you know about the the kiss? They got Chagas bug? disease. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Don't kiss that bug. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they're known for their non-consensual kissing. Um, they, uh, in the areas where Chagas disease is prevalent in South America, they um, come out at night and they are blood feeding and they tend to bite people on the parts of their body that are exposed while they're sleeping. So mostly that's like the neck and face. Uh, ah, people, that's why people
0: they're all re- yeah. as vampire bugs.
1: Yeah. So they bite they, they, they feed wherever you have exposed skin, but usually it's the face, so it's like they're kissing you while you're asleep, uh, which is creepy on a number of fronts. Mm. Um so they have a very lovely uh sweet pet name, but they are actually not lovely and sweet. They also the way that the disease gets in is pretty nasty too, because while they're feeding, they simultaneously poop. They do oh little poo droplet onto your skin while they're drinking your blood, and then you wake up and the bite is itchy, and you scratch, and the Chagas disease parasites, uh, the trypanosomes, are in the poo droplet, and when you itch, you scratch them into your into the bite wound, and that's how you get Chagas disease from a kissing bug. So, I see. Yeah, took a dark turn there, but...
0: Well, I'm, I'm just concerned why this kissing bug is also known as a vampire bug. Like, yeah, same reason sucking blood out of your neck while you're asleep. It's a little too different, it's a little too confusing for me. And it reminds me of my high school experience when people were really hyping up our schoolmate Dracula as being a good kisser. And then I made out <laughs> with him and he sucked my blood. <laughs> All right, so maybe that's why. <laughs> um, as far as yeah. pet names, um, yeah. uh, crumbles. That's good. Uh, what type of bug did you have in mind for that? Hercules beetle. Had the You had to get the mention yeah. in. Kevin. Kevin, a fine name.
1: That's good. I've I've known many fine Kevin's. An uh-huh. Any bug name.
0: in mind? Oh, our last guest was named Kevin. Actually, um, any bug in mind when you have Kevin?
2: I'd say maybe a, a stick insect.
0: All right, a stick insect named
1: Kevin. That is very... Very interesting. So that has stolen... Both of you have stolen some thunder from my... Uh, yeah. ...ideas. I'm going to get back on Bug Guide and find these photos. Um, I have had two pet insects Name with Crumbles good names. And Kevin. Um, <laughs> well, no. One was a Hercules beetle and one was a stick insect. Oh, okay. Well... <laughs> um, the Hercules beetle was sent to me by my father-in-law. He found it on his truck in Virginia, and he mailed it. He just threw it in a Tupperware um, and mailed it down to New Orleans from Virginia, and it got to us just fine. And we kept him for a while. Um, It was a male uh, Eastern Hercules beetle. And at that time, I was playing a lot of uh, frisbee. in the neighborhood, and you know, we would play pickup frisbee games, and the neighborhood kids would come and like, "Oh yeah, I want to, th- I want to play." It's like, "Oh, it's so boring to play with kids. You're so mm-hmm. bad," but um, but we would play with them and try to teach them, and and so one of them kept saying, "Throw me this frisbee! Throw me this frisbee!" And I thought it was just the cutest thing. So,
0: Skrisby or Grisby?
1: Skrisby. Okay. And so that's what we named our Hercules beetle, and actually, that's oh, yeah. that cool. I think that's the photo. That's like the header for our podcast of the big beetle on my face. Oh yes, that's right. So that's Scrisby yeah. and Scrisby Yeah, ate strawberries and had a fine old time and then died of old age and now is in my collection. Uh humanely, you know.
0: Well, now oh. we have a name. To put to yep. our beloved Hercules veal in yep. our picks.
1: That one was Scrisby. And then the stick insect. Um we went for my birthday one time. And I, I probably even talked about it, but um I have another picture. Uh,
0: oh yes, I've seen this one. Yeah, yes, of yes. A massive... This is our banner image. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> so my two good pictures are yeah, already uh, in use. But um let's see, I'm gonna paste it in just
0: um we went do it. This stick book looks awesome.
1: We went um, collecting at a campground in Louisiana for my birthday one year, and we found this on the screen, the window screen of our campground. I had never seen one before. I've never seen one since. Um, They're not super rare, but they live way, way up high in oak trees. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is, I want to say the stick stick insect was about eight inches long. It was, it's really, really big. Um, And so I kept it for a while and uh, we named it Jamal. Um, Jamal. Yeah. And then later it started laying eggs. Oh, oh.
2: and Jamal was a we girl. We
1: realized
0: we made, we had Jamal was
1: a, a lady
0: stick bug. Um, Jamala. Oh, now I'm, re- now I'm remembering this yeah. because we, we talked about how it, Jamala would be a, a beautiful name. Yes.
1: So in hindsight, it, yes, retro retrospectively Jamala, the stick bug. So those are my t- two names and two pet bugs.
0: Don't that be a little tip for you, listeners. If ever you have a creature in your keeping and you find out that it's actually the it's a girl when you thought it was a boy, just add an A to the end of the name. Quick and easy. Uh, there is a dive into ETS that are described as praying mantises. They're called mantis insectoid extraterrestrials that's not a question but i guess <laughs> pastel princess wants us to know <laughs> okay about these all right so let me pull these let me pull these dudes up this is good
1: this is learning
0: about bugs for all of us
1: i'm not opposed to being taught something i
0: don't, I don't think we've gotten much into extraterrestrials no this is so. this is a. Uh, and by the way i think uh, all aliens are bugs
2: uh yeah, yeah i would say
0: so so that's now whales crabs <laughs> octopuses Elephants, bats, (laughs) (laughs) fruits. They're all bugs. All right, insectoid extraterrestrial. Come on now. Give me some good stuff. Oh, wow. okay. well, uh, never mind. That's a robot. I was going to say I found a real cool looking bug, but all right, pastel princess, I really am wishing. I'm really, am wishing we had a little more information here. (laughs) I'm having a hard time.
1: Well, so maybe this can be a serial serial segment, so you can Share with us some some new um, tidbits about these insectoid mantis extraterrestrials uh, in another tweet, and we can learn more that way.
0: Yes, please tell us. Tune
1: in next time for another, <laughs> possibly another tweet about uh, mantis mantis-like okay. aliens.
0: Okay. So you know what, though, this is the most promising thing I've found. All right. It's a Pinterest page. <laughs> um (laughs) hotbed hotbed of alien uh, extraterrestrial research (laughs) i want to get all of this in here here we go so here are just a handful of the many creatures that pastel princess wanted to bring to our attention
1: okay yeah i might have seen some of these guys
0: Uh, so honestly there's nothing even there's nothing particularly extraterrestrial about them they're just kind of humanoid insects but they look nice yeah some of them look like they're leading lives very similar to humans and they have similar human uh ideals of attractiveness and things
2: yeah they kind of look like furries yeah, no, they're, they're, but like an insect are. i'm sure yeah. such a thing exists
1: yeah. oh surely it does yeah a lot of these are suspiciously attractive Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. buff, buff like this, muscles this bug and, is stacked you
0: know Big, big butt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe they, maybe she meant this. I do see that there's a documentary called Alien Insect Praying Mantis, where I guess someone just, desc- yeah, they just describe praying mantises as being like aliens. Ah. That's on topdocumentaryfilms.com the alien insect praying mantis, or perhaps she was talking about the audible podcast, uh, close encounters of the podcast kind episode 57 intro to mantis insectoid extraterrestrials. Oh, that's, that could be the one. So pastel princess, if that's what you want us to, uh, look into, let Mm -hmm. us know. Yeah. we might
1: have to listen to it and get back. Yeah. Next,
0: next episode, we will do a, a live listen or live watch for your question well i really tried really tried to find something out of that last little statement there pastel princess um but looks like we're gonna have to wait till next week either way thank you so much for your enthusiasm and asking us all of your questions we love our super fan uh michael's family at michael Robotam. michael's by the way i want to point out michael's family Their screen name is that because we killed them on our podcast and they're playing along with the comic bit by extending it into Twitter. (laughs) The question is, how do all the bugs get in my house?
2: Mm.
1: Um, Door open. Yes. Uh,
0: Cracks. 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 Cracks
1: is a good one. Uh, window, window screen, if you have a tear in the window screen. That could do it. Chimney.
0: I mean, Santa Claus can get down. There's lots of bugs you can get down. Santa's pretty big compared yep. to a bug. So just think about yeah. that.
1: Well, he, they might, like, if in his bag, there's presents, but, like, maybe there's bugs in the bag as well.
0: Uh, uh, from Gregie. <laughs> there you go, Mike. That's how. Or actually, actually, well, I mean, do do any of you have a story um, about uh, encounters with bugs in your house? Significant encounters of bugs that surprised you by getting in?
1: Well, I have several stories. (gasps) After Hurricane Katrina.
0: um, Oh, sure.
1: Yeah. uh, I learned that um because this was happening across the city and it happened in my own house as well Um, in your any of your plumbing if you look on you know if you open the cabinet door underneath your sink and you look at how the pipes go there's a a p-trap and it's not what you think gross you know dirty minds it's not that kind of p-trap it is shaped shaped like a letter p with the the rounded part of the p pointing down and the purpose of it is to hold a certain amount of water so like that's the drain your sink drain runs down into this u-shaped bend that then makes a right angle and goes off into the wall and drains out so there should always be a couple inches of water in there and it fills up the bottom part of the u so that air is blocked like there's a there's a water barrier between the air in your room that has the sink and the air in the sewer pipeline, because you don't want to get, you know, stinky sewer air coming up into your house. So the the P-trap, which holds a little bit of water, blocks airflow from the sewer into your house. If your house is abandoned, or if you don't go into a room for a really long time, that water will evaporate. Um, and once it does, there is no barrier to air or bugs from coming up the sewer pipe and into oh, your house. Oh, sure, okay. So you can get uh, drain flies. There's lots of, I mean, because the sewer is a very you know, vibrant ecosystem for certain yeah. te- types of things. Um, cockroaches, uh, you know, lots of things. There's there's like moss and fungus. There's all kinds of little uh, critters down there that, that can get plenty of food out of the sewer. But they'll, if your P-trap dries up, they'll come up into your into your place. So you, get, you can get cockroaches coming up, and it's even been shown, although I don't think it happens much, but cockroaches can hold their breath and walk through the water of the P-trap and come up through the drain. Um, oh, I, don't, I don't think that happens commonly. They would need to have some pretty serious pressure to make them want to do that. Um, most of the time I think they would be discouraged by the water barrier. But yeah, so things can come up through the
0: drain. Well, drain flies are very cute. They are cute.
1: People That's freak too. out about them, but they're not, you know, they're not bad. It just, just means you have damp conditions and yeah.
0: Yeah. What they're just freaking out because they're just yeah. bugs. Typical. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got a drain, drain fly story too. Oh, do you uh, really? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so in the lab that I work in now, which is diagnosing parasitic diseases uh, from human Specimens so people send if they think they have a parasite or if their doctor thinks they have a parasite um, They will send them to us to identify It's very common. I shouldn't say that. I think it's common because it happens a lot to me But, Most people would maybe not encounter this, but if you work in diagnostic parasitology It's common for people to find things in the toilet and go. Oh, no that came out of me I must be horribly sick and have parasites. And Uh. so they'll see these little squiggly swimming little critters in the toilet. Like They'll pee, and then they'll look at their pee, and they'll see all these little things swimming around, and they'll go, oh no, I just peed out a whole bunch of little worms. And then the doctor, they'll take it to their doctor, and the doctor will go, I'm not a parasitologist, but there's certainly some worms, little squiggly guys, in this pee. Uh, I guess I'll send it to Mark's lab where they handle this sort of thing and then we'll look at it and go yeah that it did not come out of you it was already living in your toilet that is the aquatic larva of a drain fly um you're fine that was already in there when you peed um but it happens a lot i mean people people yeah i guess kind of understandably and it happens with with other things too like especially in places where people uh defecate on you know on the ground if the sewage you know sanitation isn't available and where they live um or if they go in an outhouse and they'll do a big poop and then they'll look at it and they'll see that there's worms or maggots or something and they'll go oh no that came out of me and it turns out well no you pooped on the ground or you went <laughs> into, into an open like cesspit Just and scoop it up and they'll go well this might have come out of me i mean and it's possible that people do poop out worms if they have parasites right, but right. so you have to be you know so that's where it, it is a real diagnostic service to go. Nope, that's an earthworm. Uh, there's no way that came out of you. You pooped on top of it and then sent it to your doctor.
0: Um, wow. So yeah. <laughs> you ate an earthworm and it managed to survive.
1: Well, or that, but yeah, more more likely they yeah they, it was wherever they pooped there was already a worm there. And right, they misattributed.
0: So, so that's who, that's who takes care of your better safe than sorrys. Folks, it's it's Mark who looks through everyone's poop when he doesn't really have to because there's no underlying problem.
1: Yes. So if more people love and learn about bugs, then maybe they'll have the, you know, the capacity to, you
0: know, weed that
1: out, (laughs) weed that out closer to home and not bother sending it to their doctor if it's not a.
0: That's the goal of this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, is to eventually lighten the load of poop and pee (laughs) that you get sent to you. Yes. Exactly of course long long plan and of course it's hard to distinguish that from the poop and pee that our fans send us
1: (laughs) yeah please label the boxes clearly of why why you're sending it if it's for gifts or
0: diagnosis right
1: uh, put hate mail or
0: yeah oh I thought they loved us
1: or love mail I mean whatever I
0: thought they were saying look what I look what I ate (laughs) while I enjoyed your episode yeah all right those Gross, (laughs) Greggy asks at the Greggiest. How come there's so many bugs under rocks? Also, am I the guest? No, Greggy. You were the guest like a couple months ago.
1: Yeah, way to sneak in an extra question.
0: Bugs like damp. Bugs like dark.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's pretty simple.
1: It's all right. Place. I mean, I understand. Mark, can you get
0: a little closer to your mic?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't think, you know, the place I want to hang out, if I had the choice of anywhere, is un- being squished flat under a rock, or like under a rotting log. Um, but Rotting log be- sounds nice. Yeah. It's just warm. But yeah, a lot of a lot of bugs are motivated by different things than Greggie might be. Uh, they want to be, they, they find it comforting to be smish- smished under a rock hanging out with a bunch of other worms and Snakes and stuff.
2: Safe. It's yeah. safe.
0: That's true. A lot of the same things that we need from our homes. Greg, it's like
2: a, it's like a weighted blanket. Mm-hmm.
0: There you go. Now I love that. And yeah, we are going Thinking to we are going to start packaging and manufacturing <laughs> large rocks as the Love and Learn About Bugs branded weighted blankets.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: It it was uh, always super or it still is. It's more is. weight. More weight. That's right. Yeah. That's what that's what <laughs> Giles Crew was calling for the whole time. He wanted a rock for some <laughs> nice weight and comfort. Um but uh oh, fuck, now I lost. Oh yeah, that's right. But I was gonna say it, it was fun as a kid and it's still fun. Um anytime you lift o- lift over a flat rock, find a whole bunch of creepy crawlies underneath there. Always fun.
1: So, some guidance yeah. I have just learned, and maybe Jess knows this as well. Probably does. I only just learned it recently. Um, when you're flipping rocks or whatever to see cool critters, um, flip it aw- so that it l- lift the side that's away from you is one thing. So that if you oh. if there's a snake a snake under it or something, it'll come out the side that's away from you and not toward your feet.
2: Oh. Um oh, I did not know that.
1: That is a good tip.
2: <laughs> I see I I live in a place where we only have one kind of venomous snake, mm-hmm. the massasauga rattlesnake cool. and it's endangered. So yep. I have lived my life not worrying about yep. snakes at right. all. So yeah, uh,
1: well, fair enough. But if you if you there's any chance of something under there that you wouldn't want to skitter onto your feet, then open lift the rock starting from the edge away from you and then the other thing is just a sort of nature kindness thing which is try to gently set the rock back down in the same position it was in uh instead of leaving it flipped over which i think most of our listeners would instinctively do to be kind to the things that you just uncovered
0: right of course in your like that's just a general thing in your research and enthusiastic discovery of this beautiful world just make sure you're not you're not tampering too much. Leave no trace, et cetera. Don't be, don't be freaking the creatures out.
1: Yeah. T- take a peek and then put it back.
0: Um, just, do you happen to have any questions about bugs that you've been holding on to? It's okay. If not, we simply want to open the floor in case.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, today I saw a wolf spider. I was gardening, I was doing some gardening, oh. and I saw a wolf spider with her egg sac, and Ooh. I was kind of wondering, how long do they carry that around?
1: That's a great question, and pertinent to some of the stuff we talked about earlier, because my favorite insect, the wasp mantis fly, is a egg sac parasite of wolf spiders. Whoa.
2: Oh, um,
1: wow. They will carry it around for a very long time. And then once all the spiderlings hatch, they will ride in a cluster on their mom's back. That's what I'm until seeing. Until they get a little bigger. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. So it's very common to see a wolf spider. Like with a like possum. A... Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They'll just cling cling on to their mom and she'll walk around and, and protect them and, yeah. until they get big enough to go on their own. Um, but so yeah, it's very common to see what what you saw, which is the spider with a, a silk. It just looks like a white silk ball, um, and inside that is the eggs developing into baby spiders. But then after that, they'll cling onto her back and ride around. Um, but what happens with the yeah? So wolf spiders are very good good parents. The 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 mom will carry yeah. her babies around for a long time. Um, but the wasp mantis fly, which in that photo I showed earlier was laying eggs on that leaf, mm-hmm. um, those eggs will hatch into a first-stage larva that is mobile and can scuttle around. And those things will jump onto a wolf spider when one passes by, and then they ride on the wolf spider. And if they're on a female wolf spider, they'll wait till she makes her egg sac. And if they're on a male... They will wait until it mates with a female, and then during the mating, they'll jump onto the female because that's where they need to end up. And as she makes her egg sac, the little baby mantis fly will climb in as she's weaving
0: it. Whoa. Okay, so and it's not penetrating it.
2: Wow.
1: No, it's sneak- sneaking in, and then it will eat all of her babies and live inside the silk. Ball that she carries around. So it's eating her babies and being protected oh by her. Oh. She, she thinks she's protecting her own eggs, but it's actually this mantis fly that's developing inside her egg sac. And then um, the adult will, will pop out of the egg sac at the end. And it's probably about as big as, as most wolf spiders. Like the, the adult wasp mantis fly is like the size of a paper wasp, um, which is what it mimics. And uh, yeah, so it's just a really nutty. It's a really beautiful insect, but also it has this really weird lifestyle where it, the adult acts like a little praying mantis. The babies are parasites of spider egg sacs. Um, and it's a really good mimic of a paper wasp. Like if you saw one and you didn't know better, you'd think it was a wasp and you'd avoid it. So there.
0: That is insane. Yeah. Just yet another incredible specific <laughs> Bizarrely, like morbid uh, adaptation technique in the yeah, world. Yeah, good synergy yeah.
1: in the episode, though. Like the oh, yeah, absolutely way to tie it back together. Um, but yeah, wolf <laughs> spiders are great. They're very gentle. People are afraid of them because they're you know they can get pretty big and they're very fast, and so yeah. that can be a little yeah. alarming. But they, they're, they're fast, very gentle. yeah, they're gentle and nice and don't don't do anything to
0: anybody. They're they're on the cuddlier side for spiders because they have the two. The two eyes, the two big eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they can be a little bit fuzzy, which helps.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're good good parents.
0: Mm-hmm. That's And that's true. That is the most important takeaway from this. I'm loving I, Boy, oh, boy, I'm going to put that picture of the little spiders crawling around or riding around on its back, front and center for this episode. Uh, Jess, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, would you like to plug anything? I would just want to say Jess is, in addition to being very, very funny on Twitter at Jess underscore D underscore Ripper, uh, she's also a very good uh, watercolor painter and and then what's the what's the technique that you do? Lino cuts.
2: Lino cut prints. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah, I do lino cut prints. Sometimes of insects and sometimes birds or skulls. Usually something to do with nature. And
0: they're they're really cool. That is awesome.
2: Uh, So, yeah, I have an Etsy. I think that the thing I would like to plug actually kind of ties into the subject of this show is um, my Instagram is at wooden underscore teeth. And I take photos of insects. That's really
1: everyone. Go there. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Follow you on Instagram.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, yes. It's our pleasure. We um, were really happy to branch out and find other nature enthusiasts in the the silly weird comedic Twitter world. And we're really happy that you yes. joined us. And I do just want to say all of all of Jess's art, line to cuts, watercolors, all of it, and photography, of course, is all really, really cool. And you should support them.
2: Thank uh, you. Sorry, Thank I
1: you. tuned out for a second because I'm following Jess on Instagram right now. Very excited about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. beautiful photos. Oh my goodness. Everyone do this. So exciting.
0: Looking at the turkey vulture lino cut right now. I love turkey vultures.
1: Oh, I'm looking at
2: oh, is me that a muskrat too. skull or yeah. a nutria skull? Uh a beaver.
1: Okay. I have some muskrat and nutria skulls uh, that are mine oh, that I found oh, in the cool. Yeah. Oh, very, very yeah.
2: neat. Yeah. Most of the skulls, uh, the skulls are from real skulls, actually, that I found.
1: <laughs> awesome.
0: Yes. Okay. So that's Instagram wooden underscore teeth. Follow that. Yeah. M- Mark, thank you as always for lending your expertise.
1: Yep. I'm happy to do it. I'll let you know when that ceases to be the case.
0: <laughs> I think. I think we'll we'll let you know before that, Mark. <laughs> okay all right oh my gosh wow yeah your instagram is awesome what is this one a snowberry clear wing that is gorgeous
1: uh, yeah we'll have to talk about that yes, someday
2: yeah. oh, i so love good- them this, yeah, this is I
0: a treasure all right all right well thank you everybody thank you listeners and um we will see you next time Lou.
1: bye bye
0: everybody